What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a Tuesday broadcast, 19 stations strong across the Michigan Sports Network for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. There you can listen to the free stream weekdays 3 until 6. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in the world where you get mobile service. And a Tuesday final hour means we have the coach ready to talk some hoops. John Beeline checks in every Tuesday during our final hour, presented by Dorn Mayhew, one of America's top accounting, CPA, and business firms. And Josh Garvey is the managing shareholder for Dorn Mayhew's GR office. He joins us with Coach Beeline. A lot to get to, connected to Michigan, Michigan State, and the Pistons. How you doing, Josh? I'm good. Doing you good. ready to I'm talk ready. some hoops? I'm ready. Uh, Coach Beeline, uh, looking very good on the Big Ten Network. TV makes you look 10 years younger. It does. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think so. But thank you for the compliment. Thank you. All right. Well, you were in the Big Ten Network studios, and last weekend was kind of crazy. Last couple weekends have been kind of crazy connected to Michigan and Michigan State, and we had the back-to-back games on Sunday, and Michigan hung around. Then it looked like Purdue was going to pull away. Then Michigan had a late spurt to keep it uh, respectable. We'll get to Michigan State and Ohio State and the Spartans, but uh, right now looking at this Michigan basketball team uh, and you see the rest of the season, you see the standings with them dead last. Uh, What's it like right now for Juwan Howard and his staff and this team uh, as they play out the rest of the schedule? Well, I think that they it's hard for them right now because expectations were certainly bigger. And I, I've been there, I think, in our in our, my, uh, I think it was 9-10. Uh, expectations were high and we underachieved. And uh, it, it's really hard because you want to do so well. They're banged up by injuries right now. But what you got to do is you got to keep coaching every day like you're in first place. Uh, there's an old saying, actually, that, that uh, now I'm going to forget it. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, or practice like you're in last place and then play like you're in first place. And that is so true that you have to put you know, that work in every single day, preparing for every opponent. But I would say for right now, preparing for opponents should be a minimum. It should be about how can we be better, play it together, just play the game better and cleaner, less turnovers, better defense. So, John, uh, through the team uh, in last place, but at times playing like they're in first place, and they'll play a great half, it seems, almost every game. What Michigan players have stood out to you that could help this team more next season? That's, well, Doug McDaniels, he, you know, he's the key that, that makes this thing go. And I, I've already said before, it's just a tough situation. I This is rare that you ever see this situation where a guy – does not play every game. Uh, it's usually a suspension for a month straight if, if, that, if that happens or a certain period. But Yo-Yo, in fact, hasn't been good for him probably or the team. But he, he's, he, point guards like him are rare to come by. He has some explosiveness to him and ability. And this is a great point guard year in the Big Ten. So they do need him every game. So that as they go forward, they just got to keep trying to make him better, cheddar, Every, every day, I think the, the young man's best years of basketball, and he's already a junior, but his best years of basketball are ahead of him because he, 
he can really shoot. I mean, really shoot. He's shooting sixty percent or something in the league, in, in the conference. I mean, he's amazing. So, and then the big kid Reed, ton of talent. They have talent. They just have to develop it so they can. This same talent can win, and that's what they should be doing in these practices now. Focus on the opponent a little bit, and focus on yourself. We always did it, whether we were good or we were in rebuilding years. John Beeline, former head coach at Michigan, former MPA coach, now part of the Big Ten Network weekend crew, joins us every Tuesday during the 5 p.m. hour, presented by Dorn Mayhew. Like I said, one of the world's top accounting CPA and business firms, Josh Garvey, heads up the Grand Rapids office. Josh, if you're trying to find positives that Michigan could build on for next season or even the upcoming Big Ten tournament uh, through uh, the tough season, what are positives that stand out to you? I think to echo a little bit of what Coach Beeline said here, they have talented players. I mean, you look at the schedule for some of those games, they've lost a lot of close games. They played Purdue tough, Purdue um, is a very good basketball team, and I think they've got some positives to take forward with that. And, and again, Doug McDaniel is a fantastic player. Um, he is really, really playing well, and I think that they can use him as a leader of the team next year. They've got some good recruits coming in, right, a kid from Grand Rapids coming in. They've got some good recruits coming in to, to bolster the team up too with the good freshmen. So this is a good basketball team. They just, they, they, like Coach said, they've got to develop that talent that they have. So I think they can take some positives into the to the 2024-5 season. I think you talk about Fat Fat Brooks, right? From, yes, yeah. Uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Yes. I've seen him play yeah. against my kids' high school a couple of times. Uh, Absolutely. He, he's one of those penetrators, a guy that can finish uh, at the bucket. And you know what? You need good guards, Coach. You know it uh, better than anybody that – Good guards are like quarterbacks. You can't have a championship football team without a great quarterback. And it'll be interesting what this offseason is like. And really, will this team look at the Big Ten tournament as their NCAA tournament because they're not going uh, to any postseason? The motivation side of this, John, when a team has hit rock bottom and they're in, in the bottom of the Big Ten, when you look at the standings, as a coach, as a staff, what leaders you have on the team, uh, what's it like to keep them motivated? Oh, I think it, that starts back in October, how you continue, how you teach. And we've talked about this probably too much on this station. You're building a culture every day from September on that puts them in position to handle the ups and the downs, the length of uh, seasons like this. And if you're doing that all year long, then they, this just, they just they go to work every day and they're ready for it because they know you can't have it all. You can't have NIL money and a free scholarship and, and all these things without having adversity and working. And so they, when you get to the point where you, you, that the team realizes that we can't do anything alone, we've got to do everything together, but you preach it all year and tough times you band together, and you just get better, and you're going to have tough times, and you know what? It's good for you. If you want to win in March, it's good to have tough times in February and January. Well, John, think about what coaches have to go through today between NIL, where basically you've got to increase pay, pay to get, uh, decrease pay, keep everybody happy, the transfer portal, which is sitting there. I heard Izzo on one of his weekly call-in shows saying, you know what? The transfer portal has taken away toughness 
in our kids that if there's adversity, I'm just going to go to another school. I heard Izzo say that a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't agree more. But as a head coach now, it's like Jay Wright when the Ohio State job was open. He said, hey, great job, but I'm not interested. Uh, As a former D1 head basketball coach, you add on now transfer portal, NIL, re-recruiting players to stay. Uh, the, The job has, and granted, there's big money for D1 head coaches at the power four schools, but what a coach and a staff has to do to keep that culture, to keep that roster together, uh, it's never been seen before in yeah. D1 hoops. Well, I, I think you're, you're right on with this. And the transfer portal really is, it, it, I don't know if it's a toughness as weather, but, but it's an ability to understand adversity and fight through it. So I guess that would be toughness. That it, and that, that has made our nation great. That has made some of our best leaders tremendous leaders. And so much of our success has come from fighting through adversity. And what the transfer portal has done is allowed people not to have to do the fight, go to the greener pastures, and it's really not, not that green. Uh, and as many of the stars that you will see in the transfer portal, there's just as many that should have stayed at home and they'd be even more promising right now. But that's the way it is, and you've got to deal with it. And so um, it's, it's, it, it's something that you, you have to recruit in recruiting. Huge, you have to know this going in. And when you're talking with a guy and you know this guy is coming for the wrong reasons to, to whatever school, coming to the wrong reasons, he's going to leave as soon as there is adversity. You want to get get the guys who have the it. The parents have the it, where they realize, hey, there's going to be this is going to be tough. I want my son to be coached. I want him to be prepared for life afterwards. And those are the type of kids you target. And then you have, you'll have less of this. You'll still have some, but you'll, I believe you'll have less of it. I wonder how many more coaches are just going to get out or say, you know, like Jay Wright. Shostakovsky was getting older, and you know he's been through a lot of health issues. And he wanted yeah. to be around his grandkids. You went and, you know, chased the NBA dream, worked with the Pistons. Now you're doing uh, Big Ten network coverage on the weekends. That grind, when you add on the transfer portal and NIL right now, you know, I I do wonder, those legacy coaches, how much longer they're going to deal with this. Well, you you know, what's happening with the transfer portal now, too, is you better be re-recruiting your own players every day. And then there's, you know, we used to have these dates that you could visit, you couldn't visit. And I can remember I have a, a weekend free, and all of a sudden my assistants would say, all right, this kid, this kid, and this kid are coming in to visit this weekend. And all of a sudden you don't have the weekend free. You, don't, you only have a few free. I mean, you got them on one hand. Some of the weekends you have free the whole year. And that's what's happening. You're always, always, always recruiting, whether it's your own team, whether it's the portal, right, or it's future players. And so I think, I think what you have to do in today's is you have to use a transfer portal to replace a transfer out. So let's say you lose a two-guard, right, to the NBA or to the portal. You, you replace him with a transfer two-man if, in fact, you don't have a guy ready to step in and play right away. But when you start just taking talent, and putting those talented players in front of the guys that believe in you and came there for all these these 
you know, uh, intangible reasons to go play for you, and now you all of a sudden put a guy in front of them, that's not right either, just because he's talented. John Beeline, former head coach at Michigan in the NBA. Now you see him weekends on the Big Ten Network. He joins us every Tuesday during the 5 p.m. hour, presented by Doran May, who one of the world's top accounting CPA and business firms, Josh Garvey, managing shareholder for Doran May, who's GR office and studio with us. Fellows, uh, we'll switch it to Michigan State and Josh. Uh, they're in control after the ugly loss at home to Iowa. Spartans get a 12-point lead against the Buckeyes. Buckeyes are down players. They have an interim coach. It's at DeBreslin, one of the great home court advantages in college hoops. And State gives up the dagger three to lose uh, at the buzzer. Two straight home losses. Jerry Palm Braggadology still has them at number nine in the NCAA tournament field. They may be two losses away, if not two wins away from getting in, two losses away from not getting into the tournament. Uh, your thoughts on what Izzo and the Spartans are doing right now? Jeez, that was an ugly game to see. I watched the whole game uh, start to finish, and it just seemed like they were dominating 8-10 to 10 all game, and then Ohio State would cut into that a little bit, down to 4 or 6, and then it would go right back to 10. And then the last three minutes of the game, they just kind of gave it away. It seemed like the effort dropped. It seemed like there were some lineup shifts going on that it, you know, didn't make much sense. And as a fan and as a player myself growing up, it just seemed like you would have did something different. But um, needless to say, they lost at a dagger three um, to, to an Ohio State team that's got a lot of other things going on. So now you're at Purdue, you're at home against Northwestern, you're at Indiana. Those are three tough basketball games right there to close out the year. So I agree with you, Huge. It's, they're, they're slipping. Their, their NCAA tournament hopes are certainly slipping right now. They need two more wins, I think, either through the end of the final three in the regular season or the Big Ten tournament, Josh. But the question is, Booker, the first half he plays, he's considerable minutes. Uh, they're up double digits. Uh, it looks like it's going to be, hey, man, they're going to win this game easily. And then he checks out at the 15-minute mark and the second half doesn't come back in. A lot of fans, Josh, have been talking about Booker needs to be in the lineup more. You mentioned you're a fan of both Michigan and Michigan State. As a fan, do you think Izzo needs to play Booker more? Yeah, I think he does. But, um, you know, not being the leader of that team, I mean, maybe something happened there. I mean, maybe there were – I don't know. And, again, I wasn't there on the sideline, but it just seemed like he he brought an X factor to the game um, with the rebounds, the block shots, clogging up the paint. It seemed like he was doing all the right things. Um but again, not on the sideline, so I, I don't know. But um, he is a freshman too. Yeah, he's right? a yeah. freshman. Yeah. So yeah, do I agree that it, 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 he could have made a difference down the stretch? I do. Um, but um, no, he didn't get the time. So I, I'm not sure what happened there. The athleticism of Carr and Booker is amazing. That is good at you know old school Richardson, you know at Michigan State. Uh, Coach Beeline, uh, we were talking uh, before we went on air about. Playing a lot of big men can be tough in today's basketball game. Uh, in terms of rotation, keeping everybody happy, uh, minutes, what the opposing team is doing. Fans only see a guy checking in or out. Talk about rotations and why guys see time in certain situations and then don't sniff the floor for 15 minutes. Here's the most important part of all the all the things for all the Michigan State fans. 
you have not been in that practice practice with them. It, right now, they're probably had, I think if we went all the way to the championship, we probably had 105 practices. So I think they probably had 75 two-hour to hour-and-a-half practices. And Coach Izzo, as we know, is a fabulous coach. So he's seen things over a, what I would call big data, lots of games, why for you to understand why Booker was in, why he's not going, you got to know what happens in practice. And does this young man pick up to line to changes in game plan? Does he do things? There's a lot of reasons why Coach uh, plays Coach uh, Izzo plays the lineup that he does. And so that's the first thing everybody's got to judge. You you can't judge it until you know really why what Coach is thinking with those things. So. But as I said in the Big Ten Network, for me, for me, I couldn't find ways to guard people uh, with with a couple big guys out there at the same time or to score if they weren't shooting bigs, all shooting bigs. So that makes it difficult sometimes. But and, and, and Coach has had some of those teams. This team isn't. But they're still, like, right there. How would you like to be, how would you like to be a one seed? One seed. You work all year to get a one seed, and you're going to play Michigan State, the winner of the 8-9 game. That's not much of a reward for being a one seed. You know, if you beat your 16 seed, then you got them. That's that's going to be a tough one. Is it tough to trust true freshmen uh, in crunch time, uh, John? And, again, you coached at all levels. So it would be like trusting a rookie in the NBA, but trusting a freshman in the Big Ten – when you're in must-win, not must-win, but big yeah. game situations where you need uh, the W, how, how does a true freshman player earn a coach's trust to get those minutes? It, it, it's really hard because I think every player is going to be very different. But here's a great example. I have great trust for Nick, for Nick Stauskas, Glenn Robinson, Mitch McGarry. Uh, they were all uh, Spike. Uh, Albrecht and Karis LeVert, all freshmen playing on that 13 Final Four team. But we went in to Penn State, and they were 0-13 in, in the conference, and we had been number one in the country like a week before. And we lost to them. And it was a matter of now that, no, I couldn't trust them in this situation, but they almost they had to experience it first to understand why why they don't play more. And after that, that they became much better freshmen after that game where we lost one. So that's that's part of it. You, some of them, you, like Trey Burke, I trusted like crazy from the beginning. Xavier Simpson, it took him a year and a half for me to trust him. So they're all it's all over the spectrum with each player, and nobody knows his team better than Coach Izzo does. So he's going to go with what his years of experience tell him. Josh Garvey, uh, let's shift gears. And Josh is the managing shareholder, Dorn Mayhew, their GR office, world headquarters in Troy. John Beeline, former Michigan uh, Cavs coach, current in-studio analyst with the Big Ten Network, joins us every Tuesday through the NBA Finals uh, during the 5 p.m. hour. Josh, I'll start with you. Did I didn't see it live, but I shared the replay, the end of – Regulation in the game last night with the Pistons and the Knicks and the no call on a Sir 
Thompson, and that was Dante DiVincenzo. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. We did. You know, with that game he had for Villanova against uh, Michigan. I tell you what, Dante, the Jets are going to need to sign him because that's the best tackle they've seen in New York all year. It's an unfortunate way for that game to end, especially when the Pistons are so hungry for any win they can get. It's very unfortunate. But as you know, there's plays in the first quarter that can determine a game as well. And so that's part of the game, and we all know it. And they, they, they rested. Not, they, yeah, it looks like they blew a call. Uh, but maybe there were several calls earlier in the game that they got right. But it's unfortunate. I've been there where Monty is right now, desperate, desperate for a win, and you have one you feel taken away from you in the last seconds. It's hard. But I think today his speech with the team will be, you know what? Look at our first quarter. These mistakes we made got down. Let's not let's think about we got the refs beat us. Let's think more about what we could have done to not put, be in that position and be ahead by seven or eight at that time so it doesn't cost you the game. So, Josh, uh, did you see the, the live or the replay? Saw the replay this morning. So what's the first, when you, your first impression on that replay when Asar Thompson of the Pistons just gets – Totally tackled, and Dante DiVincenzo, we, we want to confirm, we don't know if it's true, assigned a three-year deal as a free safety with the Jets, but <laughs> I'll be rooming with Aaron Rodgers on road trips. We haven't confirmed that. <laughs> uh, you first saw it when you saw the tackle, and a no-call. Yeah, obviously frustrated for the Detroit team. Good, good young, talented team, hungry on the road. Knicks are a great team this year, and that was just a bad call, and those things happen. That's just the game of basketball. Referees do miss calls. They're human, too. And um, it it was very frustrating as, obviously, the fan of the Pistons uh, to see that. It, it's the most egregious no-call I've ever seen. It was a flat-out – it looks like he's going to get the steal because DiVincenzo had a bad pass. And I think DiVincenzo was tackling him, thinking there's going to be a call, so at least they'll get a shot maybe out of three, right, to tie or whatever the number was. and. I get that. And then afterwards when officials say, oh, we missed it, well, guess what? Uh, the standings don't change. An L is an L. It is. And, you know, our, our head coach, I think, handled himself well afterwards. He voiced oh, his frustration. Oh, classic. I love that. He, I love honesty from coaches. I kind of I liked his energy there. It was the passion. He has passion for this team. Even though they're having a tough year, he still cares a lot. And that, that came out in that that press conference there. He, he has a lot of passion still. And and, and maybe that's the turning point we needed. Maybe that's going to create some more fire. That's my hope. Outside of just flipping the table when he left, he did uh, everything. <laughs> I oh, didn't see oh, that no, 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 no New York media here? Oh, yeah, none of you guys are here, right? Yeah. Uh, John, what's the, what's the maddest you've ever been at officials <laughs> in your career? In your career? Oh, man. Publicly, I, publicly. That you had, not privately. We don't need your private stories. No, I don't no, want no, no, to put you on the spot. This is a true story. My Patrick and Mark, two of my two of my four children, come with me to Philadelphia Textile to play when I'm at Lemoyne College. And when you're in Division Two, you get some some refs. That, there's a reason they're ref in Division Two. It's not not they, they want to make more money. So we we were up in the first half. We lost the second half. I thought they cheated us. They both sons were with me on the game. I they're, they're holding my hand. While I am running into the, the the officials take off after the game, I'm running with both picture this with both little boys in my hands, like helping them run off the court. 
to chase the officials through, the, through uh, up to their door, and then I'm like knocking on I'm I'm knocking on the door, yelling at them that they were cheaters or something. Uh, I got written up by the ECAC. I never did that again. And I came home on my wife. It wasn't on TV. My wife said, what did you do? <laughs> so that was the maddest I have ever been. I was thrown out of a game at Community College of Baltimore in the, in the 70s, and I was thrown out of a game at Penn State where I got really mad, too. Not, not more that they threw me out than actually what happened. All right, all right, we got about two minutes. We, we got about two minutes left, Josh. You got a final question uh, for Coach Beeline. Do you have one today? <laughs> I don't know if I do or not. <laughs> okay, well, what's your question? Uh, I don't. I don't think I have one this week. Huge. <laughs> I'm questioned out. He goes. Actually, he looked at me. He goes. You just took my question. That's what he said about the refs. He said I just took his question. I wonder why he was upset with me. That's why I'm laughing. He said you took my question about the refs. I didn't know your question. It's like a game show. I'm sorry. You can ask one next week. Okay, yeah, I'll ask one next. Well, week. Let, let me say. Let me say this: is is that the officials? I was one. And every coach is different. You would see. I would rarely talk to. I might talk to official once or twice a half. Where many coaches can successfully coach and dispute every call that goes against them. I could never do. I'm not a good enough coach to do that. I I had to concentrate on my team and maybe a better coach. So you just. I, I thought the refs, the media, the fans. It's all part of a play. It's like it. It. it it's a. It's all part of the orchestra that makes college basketball so appealing. So you can't make them the enemy. And so many times I think some coaches do. Not that I didn't, I don't, I don't like many of them, but I couldn't say they're part of this orchestra and we got to make it work. John Beeline, stel- stellar job. Uh, well done today, my man. Uh, always good to hear your voice. Josh Garvey, managing shareholder, Dorn May, who one of the world's top accounting CPA and business firms are world headquarters in Troy on the east side of Michigan. Josh heads up uh, the Grand Rapids uh, office. Solid stuff, Coach. Always good to hear your voice. Good show. Great to be with you. Great right. time of the year for college basketball and the NBA. So Amen. everybody. Can't wait right. to talk next week. We'll look ahead to the Big Ten Tournament. Okay, bye now. All right, this is John Beeline, Josh Garvey. Uh, sorry for stealing your question, Coach, <laughs> about Mattis. He's ever been an official. I feel bad, but... Uh, good stuff. That's okay. That's On your okay. end, too. Yeah, thanks. You're growing as a broadcaster. I am. I am. Thank we'll, you. We'll talk next week. Sounds good. All right, Josh Garvey, managing shareholder at Dorn Mayhew, their GR office, world headquarters in Troy, one of America's and the world's top accounting CPA and business firms.